Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipster Podcast. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, the Crypto Hipster, where I interview a bunch of people. I interview founders, thought leaders, co-founders, entrepreneurs, artists, musicians, executives, a lot of people around the world in crypto and blockchain. And today I have an amazing guest. Um, she is, let's get her title right here. She's the Director of Partner Programs at Agoric. Her name is Vanessa Pastrello. Vanessa, welcome. Thank you, Jamel. Really appreciate you having me on the show. You're very welcome. I'm happy you're here. Uh, first question I have for you today is this. What is your background? And is it a logical background for what you're doing now? I love that question because uh, working at a layer one uh, software company like Agoric, there's no history or background for it, right? And so my background comes from uh, venture capital and the whole tech startup community landscape. Uh, I got into tech more so in 2011 and began working with New York Angels, a membership-based group for angel investments in New York, where we engaged with the ecosystem and grew membership, um, almost doubled my first year, and um, continued to build relationships in order to work with the best and brightest companies in New York. I then went into and launched my own fund, Lattice Ventures, uh, with the co-founder, Brittany Lachlan, which did very well. We invested in, um, few companies over two years in which a third of that portfolio was in crypto. And so we began maneuvering over more so into that space, which we then took separate roles as operators. I continued investing on behalf of an employer. I was working on the spring team at Ripple where I put together a thesis for um, interoperability and greater adoption of blockchain technology. And I executed on that thesis, making 15 investments on behalf of Ripple, uh, Agoric being one of them. And uh, that went very well across the board. And so, you know, what? why is this a logical background for what I do now? From the foundation of my time being in tech, it has been regularly driven by ecosystem growth and partnerships for you know objectives that we set out in new york angels our objective was to uh, increase quality deal flow across the board for our investors as well as having a um, a well-renowned group of members who could bring diverse opinions from their different industry backgrounds and putting that together was a lot of fun because you had to work with all of the different elements of the local new york startup community ecosystem my fund, uh, Lattice Ventures, had a network effects thesis. And so we focused on network effects within different industries and crypto obviously is a natural fit for that. And I did the same with um, my investments at Ripple. There was a mix of investments for the adoption of blockchain technologies. Agoric was in my smart contracts bucket, but I also had other investments for existing builders in XRP Ledger. And so uh, I invested in a lead developer. I also invested in a uh, newer group who was providing services in the ecosystem, as well as somebody, another group, Flare, that was um, bringing value to the ledger as a whole. And so my belief in building ecosystems is finding ways to um, find long-term alignment with high-performing groups that can then work together to allow the ecosystem to flourish. And so it was proven uh, in the other cases I've just given, and I'm just here doing it again at Agoric. 
Excellent. So let's get into what Agoric is all about. Um, what is it all about? What makes it great? Um, what are your focus on? Agoric is wonderful. It's a layer one in the Cosmos ecosystem. And we are unique as we offer JavaScript smart contracts, which will enable millions of developers to become on-chain developers. We also have um, a view of interoperability, which is why we're launching uh, OVIA IPC. And the goal has been to provide a way in which people can facilitate business and economic cooperation safely. And the smart contract framework is designed with offer safety in order to enable this type of broad global cooperation. So the two things of why I'm choosing to spend my time here are one, the technology in itself, um, enabling people to access becoming an on-chain developer and for people to operate and build in a uh, safe manner. And then this larger focus from the visionary standpoint that Mark Miller, our chief scientist and founder has given uh, different talks on internally is this uh, ability for there to be this global cooperation. Happy to share more on either of those. Yeah, I would ask you about it. Um, how do we, you know, we're, so we're gonna because we're gonna talk about DeFi and we're gonna talk about CFI. So the global cooperation has to be something that we understand first because there's been a lot of infighting this year. Um, why is global cooperation and you know conflict resolution together with that important? So the author safety model is a way that you can have enforcement in code that is immutable for the smart contract. Now, a lot of the design of Agoric is, uh, when I say Agoric, because we use that name a lot, I'm referring to the actual Agoric VM stack that sits on the chain that is our differentiated technology for an object capability model. And so you can have these different calls and um, throughout the stack in order to enable the execution of a smart contract, such that if you and I have such as you and I may not know each other, and we want to trade assets, um, there's a very good chance I could cheat you, right? Like, why would I pay you if you've already sent me the goods? So um, the example we'd like to give is that when using the smart contracts um, in the Agoric framework, you're able to deposit your goods and I'm able to deposit my payment but you and I don't receive those until the smart contract recognizes that those needs are met and then they're released. So this prevents um, this cheating mechanism that we see sometimes in the world. And one of the things too um, is that that's feedback we've gotten from some of our developer community is that they've built in Solidity, they've built in Rust, and they've built in now JavaScript smart contracts in Agoric. And they say that one of the greatest benefits is that instead of having to build and design your code to prevent attacks, prevent these security issues, prevent these safety issues, you don't have to worry. You don't have to build for that. You could just build your product. And so uh, Alex at BytePitch, uh, who gave a talk for us at um, Gateway in Prague, he shared this with the different developers in the room. It was just so nice to see that uh, he's finding the benefit and sharing with us why he's building here. 
Okay, so let's talk about the future and the future of finance, right? Um, what is it? What is the future? Like, I know what the past of finance is. I worked at Prudential and I worked at AIG, so I know what the past of finance is. What's the future of finance? The future of finance is it's going to have to change significantly, as we've been seeing even the unraveling over the last few years. Prior to crypto, there was a lot more different robo-advisors, different ways that people wanted to enable um, independent retail investors to trade. There's Robinhood. There's also these different companies that did um, shares of stocks, like different ways to divvy them up. And so I think what's special about blockchain is that it's going to enable people to have better ownership of these assets and also to um, creatively enable a way for these new efforts in Web2 that we saw being executed without middle men or middle women. Um, and then they'll be able to um, not have to deal with any of the risks that are associated with that. Now, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of risks in crypto as well, and that needs to be resolved in order to reach the true future of finance we want to see. But the world is much bigger than it was 50 years ago. There's a lot more people. Uh, there's this big uh, unrest going on with you know, people's wages against cost of living. And so I think that like as we continue to see this go, continue as a, as a planet and as an economy, um, these new tools for the future of finance, enabling people to have uh, better ownership, hopefully paying less fees, and these safety uh, mechanisms will enable them to have a growth and wealth that, you know, people should be able to access. They should. It's interesting because we learned this year that putting your money on a centralized exchange was probably the most riskiest thing you could do. You know, um, so how do you fix where, where you think you said there, there are risks? How do we start to begin to alleviate those risks? Um, a big saying in crypto is do your research, do your own research. This is true. Um, but in order to really touch the broader person, right, the people that are outside of this crypto universe that you and I spend time in, uh, there's going to have to be some level of safety in which where they can conduct their business. Um, would you mind asking your question again, please? Sorry. Oh, the safety part. I agree with you. What does that look like? Like, uh, how do you how do you make it safe? And I agree with you. It has to be safe. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, we're figuring that out. So our offer safety contracts are one thing, and the more people that we speak with that are uh, in finance or insurance, they get very excited about it. I had somebody once tell me that offer safety is what changed uh, equities in the 70s. I was just like, that's fascinating. So what does it look like in Web3? So do you think that the, I want to ask you about DeFi summer, but I want to ask you about bringing the safety into it. Do we need to see safety occur first before we see the next DeFi summer? Or what will that DeFi summer look like in the next time it happens? Yeah, I hope there's going to be an evolution in DeFi for, in order for it to be truly a 2.0. Um, DeFi summer one was 
huge uh, boom for crypto. But a lot of it was, you know, to what end? To what end are we seeing these new protocols with these governance tokens and yield farming? And for some people, it was game changing because they were early. And for others, um, I've heard so many people say like, oh, I lost $600, $1,000 just trying to execute a trade, let alone forget losing whatever funds they may have lost. Um, and so 2.0, I think I'd like to see more um, experiments with financial products that are able to uh, integrate into more real world use cases. So we have this proof of example of being able to manage transactions and like do these bigger, cooler things in finance, you know, the DeFi, the yield farming, cool, it's great. What if we applied it to uh, existing um, markets that could then come on chain? Are they able to be supported at the right speed? Are they able to support it um, in a way that it's innovative for the existing businesses? And so we've met with um, a couple of projects that are looking at that with potential partnerships of um, bringing real world assets on chain for a lending protocol. And that's exciting because they're able to uh, build out the software for this uh, group. And if we're able to see something like that, then that would be another um, proof of progress and milestone for the industry as a whole. I, I, str I struggle. I, I've been in crypto five and a half years, right? I have a master's degree in finance when I learned all about capital budgeting. And I learned at the stock companies what they've been doing in the past decade is, you know, buybacks and layoffs, which increases the price, but they don't do capital budgeting anymore. So when I look at crypto, I look at, you know, crypto is the real world. So I really, really struggle with when you know, calling crypto not the real world. Um, so what do you how do you how do you bridge the gap between the old world, what it used to be and what we're building today? Um, and build the future from what we're building today. So uh, real world assets is what I was getting at for things that are already uh, traded um, in bulk. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to go on the route of like tagging things or anything else, but things that are like held in custody. And so that's some of the use cases that some people have brought forth around um, gold and other options that they have. Like there's a market for it and they want to see how they could produce that reproduce a lending market in, um, in a smart contract app. And I was just like, okay, please tell us more. Let us know what you're thinking. And these are just like early conversations, but it's nice people coming to us with these use cases. So that's what I meant is just sort of like transitioning existing trading markets on chain. And what would that look like? Real world, I would actually want to expand it to more of everyday people, but that's, that wasn't my intention with that original comment. Okay. Um, yeah. It it's interesting, you know, um, and, I, and I think that goes like, I think it goes back to my question about, you know, I've been in crypto for five and a half years and you've been in the VC world, you know, for a while. Um, and so I wanted to find out, you know, uh, what the role of the crypto VC is in today's bear market. Um, how do you see things that have changed uh, with, the, with the VC and where we stand today? Yeah, of course. Um... So bear markets are about building 100% because the bull run gets very frothy, it gets very crowded and interesting 
anything could get funded, not really, but it feels that way. Uh, bear markets are wonderful because you can um, identify the parties, the builders that believe in the technology, that have the conviction, they're willing to dedicate their time because they believe in the bigger opportunity here for the long-term innovation aspects. And so back when I was at Spring at Ripple, um, it was a bear market as well. And I loved it because I could just meet such great quality projects. And so um, I think VCs have a very good opportunity to um, discern, review, and identify the longer-term value projects. I do feel that there might be a bit of, um, you know, some pain right now for some of the bull run investments they may have made. I mean, how could they not? Um, but this has to go back to, you know, what was their thesis or intention for making those investments in the first place? How did that suit the vision for a longer-term growth? How did that suit the vision for people who, for these founders that truly uh, wanted to build a larger business versus, this sounds awesome, let me just do this, let me, and I'm not saying everyone's like that, but there's a lot of those um, distractions in a bull run. So the opportunity for VCs is clear. This is the time to build. It's a great time to identify founders who are here for the longer term and how to see how they could fit in the larger ecosystem of their portfolio or future investments, because that's what's part of my background is the ecosystem building for uh, portfolios and then even more so in a crypto network. So they have some early playing cards and bets that they might have in place. And then seeing what those opportunities are and what, they're, what they have conviction in, in their thesis for the next five years, 10 years uh, is what they have the opportunity and time now to um, determine. And how does and how does the bear market um, help, I guess, bootstrappers with an advantage? I think that there's a couple of things that come to mind. What bootstrappers have as an advantage is, one, if there's fewer people making noise in a lot of our crypto communities, uh, they might be able to get to the right people faster to help them, either unblock them with time, knowledge, possibly funds. Uh, and I think that's just a great advantage. Uh, one of our uh, DAP launch partners is an independent developer in uh, in the US. And uh, we met him via our bounty program. So we're early with building our developer community. And so we have these public bounties that we post on Gitcoin. And um, what's really special is that we're able to meet and get to know our community via these independent developers who can come build something, add value to, by creating an open source smart contract or an open source component, as we call it. And then as he's doing this, he's realized that he has an opportunity to build a DAP for a greater business that can service uh, assets over IBC and the interchain at large. So that in itself is a great example. Now he can uh, be able to prop himself up and set himself up when there's another boom. Uh, and the same goes for our other partners as well. So that's just one example, but um, I think that's one of the key advantages because due to there being less noise, their voices can be heard. Yeah, I, I see that. Um, I, I I started trading in 2018 after my couple heart attacks and I turned $10 into half million. 
um, before the bull started. And once the bull arrived, everybody made all kinds of money. And what I did was like, okay, I'm no longer the be- I'm no longer a very good trader. <laughs> you know, so that was, a, that, was, that was a bear market. And I'm like, okay, let me rebuild again. Do the same thing. We'll see what happens. Um, so I want to talk about the role of, I want to switch, switch up gears a little bit and talk about the role of gender diversity in tech, right? What is that role of gender diversity um, in tech and in crypto? And um, how is the role in the greater tech space greater than what it is in crypto if it is? All right. Loaded but essential question. Gender diversity. Uh, I. It's. It's just so important to have inclusion of different points of view. If you're building a new world, if you're going to Mars, you're building this new innovative landscape for how people interact. Having um, a diverse set of experiences who are highly qualified and experts in their own right coming together is what makes us great. Uh, I've seen it proven time and again throughout uh, different uh, points in my career, as well as um, different points in my personal life. And it's just so obvious. I hope that it is obvious to other folks. But um, it's, it is challenging. Uh, there will be crypto events where there are far more men than women. And um, depending on the culture of the protocols and such, I mean, a lot of the protocols, a lot of the groups do a very good job putting together uh, codes of conduct so that people of all genders can be very comfortable attending these events. Um, and it's been proven, right? I've been to several events that have some of the after parties and the respect and safety that I feel in attending those events is wonderful. So I think continuing that is important in order to uh, see some growth and diversity in that space. The other is um, being able to share stories, being able to be proof that it's okay to come to the other side, come build in crypto. Like I'm doing it and so is she. There's three of us, no, there's a lot more, but uh, sometimes it feels that way in a room at an event. In fact, at one recent event, um, I was, it was uh, after, it was during a conference and it was at a panel discussion and uh, there were a bunch of people there in the beginning and then after part of the panel was starting to wind down a bit, some people cleared out and uh, I was there with a friend and we were chatting. And then all of a sudden I, I had this feeling and I looked around, I looked to my right, to my left, I looked behind me. I was like, oh, okay, there's a woman, it's the bartender. But then I was just like, oh, <laughs> they all left. <laughs> there was like 50 people in the room and they were all men. There wasn't a single woman left in the room. And uh, I laughed and I thought, well, I've, it's good that I've gotten comfortable, um, but this this has got to get better. Yeah, so there's a lot of narratives out there that, that need to focus on different gender groups. Need to focus on, you know, different um, ages, or need to focus on a man or a woman for hiring. And and what I haven't heard during those narratives over the past few years is we just need more skilled people, right? So how can people get over that those narratives and become a skilled person in something they enjoy and why and how is crypto beneficial and help promote that yeah 
Very good. So I, I was looking at, I was thinking back on your question of how the role of gender diversity is in tech space different from crypto sector. So as you can imagine, there's a demand for talent in crypto, right? There, there's growth and funding. Um, there's two things early companies always need. It's people and money, right? So if they get the money, they need the people and need for more skilled professionals across the board from engineering, design, business development, marketing, communications, security, and across the board, you need talent. So uh, that's generally the, as you mentioned, the message that goes out. It's like, we just need more talent coming into the sector. Uh, but enabling uh, the diversity aspect is giving people that sense in career change Right, going from one end of the spectrum to a new industry entirely is a risk. And so there are many people that don't feel comfortable with that risk. So um, one of the things that sometimes I do when I'm trying to bring people over to the team at Agoric is I try to um, meet with them earlier on. Uh, I've actively recruited my team as well as other team members at Agoric where I um, not only uh, talk about the work that we're doing, but what it's like to work here and the uh, incredible uh, support and benefits and the culture uh, driven by the executive team and how it plays out through um, many of us here. So I think that in order to focus that as well is to be able to create these workspaces that enable people to know that they can come over and that there's this larger uh, opportunity, but also this like, um, professional safety so that they can operate and do their best. So if, you know, if you're a diverse person listening to this podcast, if you're a gender diverse person, by all means, um, a lot of the skill labor demand here, you probably have the talent to do it. But why don't you also step in and uh, set up a, um, a wallet, show some interest in crypto, because that will set you apart for interviews. That's one thing that we've heard across from friends at other groups and protocols where they just say, I hired, you know, these people that have crypto experience and these people that have none and people that just had passion. And it's just even a little bit of knowledge in crypto goes a very long way uh, in order to have somebody really transition to the role. And um, yeah, so that's, those are my three cents on the topic. <laughs> More than three cents, but <laughs> I, I thank you very much for that. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed speaking with you today. I've, I, I enjoyed talking to you. It's been a great conversation. And, um, I have one final question and it's, it's how can people find out more information about you, about Agoric, about what you do, about what your company does? How can they do that? Absolutely. Uh, Agoric.com is our website and plenty of information there. We also have agoric.com slash discord if you wanna join our community in discord. Uh, for me personally, I'm on Twitter. Uh, so it's Vanessa Dice. If you speak Spanish, it's Vanessa Dice. It goes both ways, which is makes, what makes it a lot of fun. Uh, my DMs are open, get a lot of scams. So please send a non-scammy note. 
I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, if you would like to send a connection, uh, you can mention this podcast and you know why you'd like to connect, and I'll accept it under those terms. We have a lot going on at Agoric. Um, a stable token launched in our network uh, at the end of last year, Interstable Token, and there will be a release uh, in the next couple of months, which will enable this Interstable Token to be backed by uh, crypto over collateralized vaults, of course. And so you'll be seeing those um, that release in the next couple of months. That stable token's already been well adopted across the interchain. So you can see it uh, in Osmosis and Crescent. These are other zones in the Cosmos ecosystem. And the interstable token IST will continue to flourish. So we have a lot going on at Agoric. Please join the conversation on Discord. And if not, you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Jamil. It was a pleasure and thank you for